0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Stanford's at 6-4. Cal's at 6-4. And for the first time in what seems like a long time, Big Game is actually a real, live Big Game. Let's break it down. The 121st edition of the big game on this edition of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Thank you so much for joining us here. It is Friday, November 16th, 2018. Breaking down Stanford and Cal as only we can on this show. Who am I? Well, I'm Troy Clarity. I host this show. My third season of doing TreeCast. My 26th season overall of following Stanford football. Uh, In various ways, shapes, and forms, radio, TV, uh, print, internet, you name it. I've done it. I've covered the Stanford football squad uh, in every single way possible. And that will continue next week. Looking forward to making that announcement uh, here relatively shortly. But uh, 26 years following Stanford football. And you can also check me out on the Pac-12 Network as a play-by-play announcer this time of year. I'm also focused on soccer and the NCAA tournament. Looking forward to bringing the Stanford uh, Men's Soccer game uh, in the uh, second round of the NCAA Men's Soccer Tournament coming up on Sunday afternoon at 5.30 on the Pac-12 Network. That's fun, but first, we have some things to discuss and some things to settle as far as what happens with the 121st big game. Coming up Saturday afternoon slash evening over in Berkeley, a four thirty p.m. kickoff at Memorial Stadium. Stanford at six and four and feeling better about itself after its convincing win over the Oregon State Beavers last week, in which in which you know we talked about this on on the Treecast earlier this week. Cardinal checked off a lot of boxes. They got out to a big lead. Uh, they held on to that lead. Offense played at a high level throughout much of it uh Stanford had such a big lead that they were able to get uh, get a lot of guys some some playing time before the end of the game was done. So Stanford was able to uh, to check off a lot of boxes uh last week against Oregon State. So they're feeling a bit better about themselves. Meanwhile, the Bears with a lot of momentum heading into this matchup. Uh especially defensively, but But uh, they're coming off of their first win over USC in 15 years. I haven't seen Cal fans this happy in in a long, long time. And they are revved up and ready to go in what should be a charged atmosphere in Berkeley. We're going to go four downs with David Shaw, get you some of his thoughts as Big Game Week is here. And, of course, I'll also share some of my thoughts and uh, things that I will be watching As the uh, big game, Uh, I'm sorry, I have to keep doing this, sorry, big game unfolds on Saturday afternoon and evening. Uh, Let's go ahead and and get into uh, the four downs with David Shaw. Uh, The four uh, biggest, uh, most pertinent of his thoughts as we point towards Stanford versus Cal all of these thoughts are coming from his weekly press conference, which he holds every Tuesday late morning at the Ariaga Family Sports Center on the Stanford campus. And it's been a challenging year in a lot of ways. There are, there are a lot of reasons why Stanford has, has had, by pretty much most accounts, a disappointing season uh, uh, to this point. One of them certainly is injuries. And on Tuesday, uh, started off his weekly press conference by saying, "Normally, I could write the injury report on a Post-it. Uh, this time, I have a I have had to have a full sheet of paper, almost legal size, almost. Uh, but injuries have just been just been decimating this team, and this is a subplot that even goes back before the season, as the Cardinal didn't have any other healthy quarterbacks in the spring to take snaps other than Jack Richardson, because KJ Costello was on the shelf with a hip." Uh, Davis Mills on the shelf with the knee. So Jesse Burkett wasn't available during the spring. Uh, linebackers were down during the spring, and unfortunately, that trend continued during the actual season itself. Thank goodness the quarterback has stayed healthy. I'm well, I don't know what this is next to me, but I'm, I'm 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 knocking on it to make sure that KJ is able to take every single snap for the rest of the season for the Cardinal. But injuries continue to be a deal for Stanford. Nate Herbig, out this week. Casey Tuhill, out this week. Uh, Drew Dalman, the backup offensive lineman, who's done fine in, in, in spot duty uh, for, for, for Stanford this year. He's out, too. Devery Hamilton, don't know what his status is going to be. He has done uh, well for the most part. Uh, both guard positions and playing an occasional extra offensive tackle as well. Jet Toner. The kicker, even the kicker's getting hurt. We don't know if he's available this Saturday against Berkeley. And it's not like, it's its amazing. It's not like Toner goes out there and covers kicks too. No, kicking is the only thing he does. Don't know how he got hurt. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside feels good, so that and, and Trevor Spates might be back. But still, injuries decimating this Stanford team like like I've never seen before. So first down with David Shaw is this. I asked Shaw for his thoughts on just the spate of injuries that have befallen this team, even stretching back to the spring, and, and, and how what, what his reaction is to just the triage unit that Cardinal football has been for much of the calendar year.
1: Injuries are opportunity. Um, it's opportunity for the guys that maybe weren't anticipating playing as much, maybe not anticipating starting opportunities for the coaches to find out about those guys Opportunities for the coaches to really prepare guys to play as opposed to we've got all these veterans all these seniors we're going to throw them out there they know what to do Uh, we've had to really look at everything that we're doing and make sure we're not putting guys in a bad position doing things that they can't do um, and emphasizing the things that they can do so you can imagine what we've tried to really emphasize up front throughout the year it's kind of changed um you know, from Coach Carberry to Coach Morgan Turner, um, working so much with the running game and the pass protections. Okay, what do these guys do well? Okay, well, we got a new starting right guard. Oh, we got a new starting right tackle. Oh, we got a new starting center for the beginning of the year. Um, so it's, it's kept us on our toes, but I don't believe it's an excuse. Um, if you use it as an excuse, that means you either don't believe in yourself or you don't believe in the guys that you recruited. I think we recruited some really good football players. And for us to go back out there and say, oh, guess what, Dylan Powell, you're starting this week. Go out there and get your job done and make sure that the game plan is something that makes sense for him. And he went out there and played well. Um, Nick Wilson, a senior, went out there, played well. So, um, opportunity for those guys to get out there. And um, I think it's it's been difficult, but at the same time, a lot of guys have responded. A lot of guys have stepped up. Um, ben Edwards playing so well early in the year. We missed Ben all year. and. Guys have had to step up and play a lot more, and Kendall Williamson now has had to play more as a true freshman, and he's taken it very seriously and gotten a lot of a lot of work in. Uh, Frank Bunkham, over the last couple of weeks, has gotten better and better and better, uh, made some, made some plays, and so uh, it's whatever happens, it's on the coaches and the players to respond and adjust and and uh, give it their all.
0: That's David Shaw, and a couple of things stood out to me in the process of of his his answer to that question. Number one, I found it interesting that he went to the offensive line first because it's not surprising because let's face it, and we've talked about this time and time again, so much of what Stanford does offensively depends on what happens up front and whether the five or sometimes six or sometimes seven or maybe even sometimes eight guys up front get the job done. That's been hit or miss for much of the season. So I found it interesting that he went first uh, to the offensive line when addressing and reacting to all the injuries of the fall in the cardinal this season and noting that the different offensive line combinations have affected the scheme somewhat and keep keep that that portion of his answer in mind because I think I think this is all leading and I think all of these answers in some way lead up to what we're going to see and how we're going to see Stanford uh, attack things especially offensively against the Bears on Saturday. So 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 keep that keep that in mind. And remember that one of the big reasons why Stanford played the way it did from a scheme standpoint against Washington State where they put the ball in KJ Costello's hands, where they went more no huddle, where they hurried things up just a little bit, ratcheted up the tempo and started to dictate the game a little bit more. One of the reasons why they did that was because Nate Herbig was out. Herbig's a road grader. Big dude. The island, they call him. But perhaps not necessarily equipped to go at a faster tempo. So, Shaw noting that different offensive line combinations affect the offensive scheme. We've seen that the past few weeks. Nate Herbig is out again for Cal this week. What could that mean against the Bears? More on that later in the show. Second down. Cal flying high coming into this week. However, they still haven't won a big game in eight years. Check that nine years. 2009 was the last time that that Cal beat Stanford should have given the ball to Toby on first and second down at that at the end of that game. That still that still irks me greatly how that game ended. But since then, relatively smooth sailing for the Cardinal. Stanford has reeled off 8 in a row over the California Golden Bears. Second down with David Shaw as the coach was asked whether Stanford has any motivational advantages as a result of its 8-game win streak over the Bears or whether Cal has motivational advantages because it hasn't won this thing this decade, and they're coming off their biggest win in quite a while. Second down with David Shaw on potential motivational advantages for either team
1: heading into Saturday. After the game starts, all that stuff goes away. Now both teams are just fighting and scratching and trying to play. Um, they were a motivated team a year ago. Uh, I thought for the majority of the game they outplayed us flat out. Um, they took the fight to us so that they're more physical. Um, I think it took our guys a while to realize that we needed to, at the very least, match their intensity. Um, so we had that talk as a team the other day that, uh, you know, we need to start this game like we started the last game, um, ready to go from the, from the beginning, because I know they are, um, they're playing with a lot of confidence. They're playing very physical, the defensive side, they're flying around offensively, they're running the ball, being physical making plays in the passing game. So... Um we got to start fast uh cuz I know they will.
0: That's David Shaw and, and you know what it, it's cliche but sometimes it's true you can throw out the record books when Stanford and Cal play each other in the big game. It's true. It's absolutely true. Note again that David Shaw says we need to start fast. Stanford does. Need to start quick unlike last year. Remember when the dog fight Last year was the 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 120th big game. Remember what a dogfight that was, back and forth, slow and low. And Cal, as David Shaw noted, outplayed Stanford for a bulk of that game. But then Ben Edwards, with the critical interception in the fourth quarter, turned things around and kept the game in favor of Stanford and the Cardinal, able to win that one, 17 to 14 last year. But Stanford won on the scoreboard, but but probably if you're scoring that like a boxing fight, Cal have won that one, as they outplayed the Cardinal for much of that game last year. Stanford did not start off quickly against the Bears last season. They want to start off more quickly against the Bears this season. What could that mean? More on that later in the show. Third down with David Shaw. The main subplot for the Bears, not just over the past three weeks in particular, even though you can probably stretch that to a fourth week, but but really the entirety of the last season plus for the California Golden Bears has been their complete and total turnaround defensively. Remember when the Bears' defense couldn't stop the run with air brakes? And remember when when teams could just, just throw all over them? And the Cal defense would just, would just fold like a New York slice. Remember that? Those days weren't that long ago. Defense was an afterthought in Berkeley until Justin Wilcox started running the show. Wilcox, a defensive-minded guy. I remember watching him play. I also remember watching his brother play, too, play tight end, both of them at Oregon, if I remember correctly. But you know, I remember watching both of those dudes play for Oregon back in the 90s. Justin Wilcox... A defensive-minded coach, and that was the first thing that he did when he stepped on Ber- when he stepped at, in Berkeley. Tried to turn the Bears' fortunes around defensively. Well, he also got a, a pretty darn good offensive coordinator in Bo Baldwin, formerly the head coach at Eastern Washington. Big fan of that guy, and also Marcus Tuyasisopo as well, helping to run the show offensively for the Bears. He needs, unfortunately, no introduction the Stanford fans, at least certainly the ones that, that date back to the late 90s and the early 2000s, but defensively, Cal turned things around in a big, big way starting last year, and that's continued this season and especially over the last three weeks. Third down with David Shaw is the coach saying Cal's defense is all that plus tax.
1: You know, I know it sounds like what you do before you play somebody, you fluff them up, but I said the same thing when they hired Justin. Uh, Just, I have the most respect, uh, utmost respect for Justin Wilcox's defensive coordinator's defensive mind. Um, He makes it difficult to game plan against. There are a lot of variety in fronts and blitzes and coverages. Um, And I think, as much as anything, you see the commonality from. Washington, to USC, um, to Cal, as he's the running the defense. Um, the guys play with a lot of effort, a lot of enthusiasm. Um, they have a lot of pride in what they do. They play with a lot of energy. Um, they're physical. So I uh, uh, had a feeling this was going to happen when he got the job. Um, he's going to take a look at what they have and try to get them to play at their best and, and give them some things that they can do and do well. And that's what they're doing. They're flying around, they're playing fast, they're playing physical, they're on the attack all, at all times, and um, they try to keep offenses on their heels.
0: David Shaw on the Cal defense, and they have certainly been very impressive. You can stretch it back to their last four games against Oregon State, against Washington, against Washington State, and against USC, against those four teams giving up a grand total of 12.5 points per game over that stretch of football. That's a good trend to be on, especially when you're heading into this time of year. 12 and a half points per game in the Pac-12 in this day and age in college football, where teams are routinely going into the 30s and the 40s. Heck, I think I, I think in the Big 12, it's illegal to go under 40 to, to to stay under 40 points for a football game these days. But Cal's defense—they're the real deal. Led by a couple of guys, Jordan Kanashik, the linebacker, and Eric Weaver, another linebacker. Where's number 89? Those guys are around uh, the two around which the entire Bears defense seems to run, and and they personify what this Cal defense is all about: quick, physical, always on the attack, sideline to sideline get to the ball carrier in the hur- in, in a hurry and they arrive angry and many times in bunches. David Shaw noting that the Cal defense, physical, always attacking. Wait a minute. Shaw used similar adjectives to describe the Washington State defense a few weeks ago. Hmm. How did Stanford decide to to attack Washington State a few weeks ago? Now, what could that mean for this week? More on that later in the show. But first, fourth down, as we're going four downs here with with David Shaw and his his thoughts on Big Game Week, Stanford versus Cal this Saturday afternoon, four thirty kickoff over in Berkeley. Obviously wins over Cal, cherished for the Stanford football program. And and, and why not? Anytime Stanford beats Cal, it's still a pretty big deal. Shaw was asked if, hypothetically, a win over Cal this week would be his most satisfying win of the season. Here was Shaw's response as we go fourth down with David Shaw.
1: Um I'm not sure. I'm not sure um uh, just a, about that sentence because this game for me is in a just a different category. Um there there's something about holding that axe after the game that is still just not you know, even if we had beaten somebody who's ranked number 1 in the nation that still wouldn't take um the luster off of uh winning the big game. So Um, I I don't mean to not answer the question because I don't think it's the most satisfying win I think anytime you win a big game it's extremely satisfying I think it's special Um, it's different Uh, I'm looking forward to the environment there's going to be a lot of emotion a lot of energy two good football teams Um, it's going to be fun it's going to be exciting and hopefully we find a way to score at least one more point than they do and have a chance to bring the axe Back to Stanford.
0: Yep, there's nothing like winning big game. David Shaw certainly knows that. He has experienced nothing but victory against the California Golden Bears uh, in his time as the head coach at Stanford. But I think he knows that, that this is going to be a tough and tall task this time around against the Bears in Bear territory. And it's always special. It's always big whenever Stanford beats Cal. But that being said, big game isn't as big as it used to be. Certainly not the the hype surrounding this series that you might have usually experienced back in the 80s, the 90s, even dating back into decades before that. When the entire Bay Area seemed to either be split into Cardinal and white or blue and gold. And I, I believe we've discussed this as far as why big game isn't quite as big as it has been over the over much of the history of this series. And it, it, it's funny. On, on Tuesday evening, it was my pleasure to be a part of a panel at uh, the Palo Alto Club as they were celebrating big game night. Really enjoyed hanging out um, with Stanford and Cal fans. Guys who go back a long, long, long time with big games. Really enjoyed being a part of that event. Shout out, a uh, special shout out to my man Jim Rudder uh, for uh, letting me be part uh, of the festivities. Really enjoyed being a part of that. But and, and, and certainly, you know, all those guys in that room date back to times when big game was truly big game. When it was the biggest football game in the region, in Northern California, when the entire Bay Area seemed to stop and 85,000 plus would pack into Stanford Stadium and almost 76,000 would pack into Memorial Stadium over in Berkeley. Haven't seen those days in quite a while. And I I was asked my thoughts why. And I said, you know, I'll I'll try to give you the the abridged version here. I, I said two things. One. Competitive balance. There just hasn't been the competitive balance between these two schools, certainly over the last 25 years or so for much of it. When Stanford has been good, Cal has not, and vice versa. And that has affected things in a big way when it comes to, comes to this rivalry. It just hasn't meant as much. That means the stakes haven't been quite as high. And I think scheduling has played a big part of it too. You know, last year we didn't know what time the kickoff for big game was going to be until six days before because TV runs the show now. That's ludicrous, and it's ridiculous, and it should never happen. You used to be able to plan everything. You used to be able to set your watch and your calendar by big game every single year. You knew it was going to happen the final Saturday before Thanksgiving, kickoff at 1230. Even years would be in Berkeley. Odd years would be in, uh, in, in Palo Alto. You just knew it. That's not the case anymore. Not the case. Didn't know what time kickoff last year was going to be until six days before. Had a little bit more heads up. We were in the 13-day window, it appears, uh, this year. So that's good news. And sometimes the game might not even be in November anymore. Think back to 2012. And Pac-12 scheduling quirks place big game in mid-October. And it's probably going to happen again at some point in the next decade because of the scheduling rotation, as long as it stays the way that it does. It's going to happen again. And that 2012 game, I think, killed momentum, any momentum that big game had uh, heading into it, and it's really struggled to recover ever since. So competitive balance and scheduling. We, we, I think we've talked about this before. That being said, it's still special. It's still nice to walk out of the building with the ax no matter which side of the bay your school is on. And David Shaw says it. There's there's something about winning that ax and keeping it on the farm, especially if you're looking at it from the Stanford perspective. That's what it's all about, man. What's all about. And, and, and even though Cal, I think, is, as of right now, Stanford's fourth biggest rival at best, USC number one, Oregon or Washington, depending upon whom is challenging Stanford uh, for the Pac-12 North, usually second, although that's changed a little bit this year, and Notre Dame third, for the record. That doesn't make winning the Axe any less special and winning big games any less special. So Shaw wants wants to keep the Axe on the farm. He wants to attack and find ways to, 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 to get around and through that physical, physical Cal defense. He wants to start off quickly. And he wants to use and run offensive schemes that help account for the numerous injuries that that he is, that, that his team, that, that have fallen the Cardinal this year. Put all of those things together. And that indicates to me that Stanford is going to go super aggressive against the Bears. That indicates to me that we're going to see a lot of the same things, I think, a lot of the same tempo, a lot of the same concepts run against Cal that we saw run against Washington State. You know, I was talking with some people earlier this week, and they they expressed concern about, about Stanford's ability to run the ball against Cal. And rightfully so. And I said, look, you know, Stanford's faced a team with similar attributes defensively to Cal. And that's Washington State. And Stanford didn't just try to run their heads into a brick wall time and time again, although we've seen the Cardinal do that at times this year and last year and the year before. But they didn't just try to try to run head first into into, into Washington State. No. They threw over him and around him. They attacked him. And I think we're going to see similar things against the Bears this time around. And I think we'll also know quite early what success that is going to entail and, and how successful that's going to be for Stanford. I, I I don't know how Cal is going to score. I really don't. Although, again, I'm big fans of, of Bo Baldwin, their offensive coordinator, and Marcus Tuiasosopo, their quarterback's coach. I don't know how Cal is going to score. I also don't know if if defensively Cal can maintain the pace they've been on over the past four weeks, but specifically over the past three weeks, given the level of competition that they faced in that span. And those games did not come easy. And they came with a bit of a physical toll. Do the bears have enough left in the tank defensively to play at that high a level once more? And You heard David Shaw allude to this earlier, earlier in the show. Look, Emotion, motivational advantages, you know, all those sorts of things, that's fine. But, and I'm sure David Shaw heard this a time or two from Bill Walsh, who firmly believed what I'm about to say, emotion and motivation only take you so far, usually about a quarter and a half. After that, matchups take over. Generally. So, I I don't know how Cal's going to score. I I don't know if Cal defensively can continue to maintain its pace that it's been on the past three weeks. So, I, I think it would certainly behoove the Cardinal more than ever to get off to that fast start, put the pedal to the metal, and go on both sides of the field, and in special teams, too. We know they can do it. We've seen it now against Oregon State. A slight jump up in competition this week, sure, but it can be done. It can be done. A couple things I'm going to be watching throughout the course of big game. Number one, I think a lot of spotlight is going to be on the running backs in this one, and rightfully so. Bryce Love versus Patrick Laird for Cal. Big fan of Patrick Laird. I I, I hadn't seen him in person until last year's big game, but I came away very impressed with that young man. And you you know the story about about his initiatives to, uh, to get kids to read and and his his his, his 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 um his efforts to increase uh literacy. awesome. fantastic. Love seeing that. Big fan of his from that standpoint. but also, I really like what I see from him as a running back as well. And it's not because he plays with heart. It's not because he's gritty. It's not because he's like a a coach on the field. I think you know what I'm getting at here. Dude's got skills. He he's 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 legit. He's the real deal. And Bryce Love. What we saw from him last week against Oregon State was was just a flashback to 2017, one that I actually enjoyed. <laughs> I don't like many flashbacks to the 2017, at least not out of a not out of a Stanford football sense, but you know, it's, it's, it was just so encouraging to see him with that burst. It was also extremely encouraging to see him not get hit in the backfield and to finally have contact five, six yards away from the line of scrimmage instead of having to make his first cut and try to dodge dudes in the backfield before he could even get back to the line of scrimmage. That was nice to see. So I think a lot of the spotlight in this game coming up into it will be on the running backs. But because of what we just discussed, because of how I think this game and how David Shaw and the Stanford Offensive Brain Trust are going to approach this game, I don't think Bryce Love is going to have that much of a factor this time around. I I think Patrick Laird will have a bigger impact on this game than Bryce Love will. When it comes to the running backs, just a, just a hunch, just a hunch. And (laughs) maybe my, maybe one of my, certainly one of my favorite players to watch for the bears an unorthodox guy. Big number 99 Malik McMorris, 290 pound fullback. Yes. Fullback number 99. Malik McMorris, and and you, you, I'm sure you remember him if you watch Cal football to any with, with any degree of of consistency over the last over the last few years. You you know what this kid's all about. He's a senior, so he's a veteran, and he's been this will be his third big game, uh, or at least this will be his uh, his he's, he's already had three big games under his belt. So it seems like he's been there for for quite a while. But they don't just line him up as a fullback, right? They also line him up as a tight end. They also line him up as an extra as an extra blocking end. They also have him go out and catch passes. They also give him the rock every once in a while. So 99 for Cal. Malik McMorris throws a bit of an extra wrinkle and and something a bit extra that I'm sure Lance Anderson and the Stanford defensive brain trust is uh, going to have to keep in mind throughout the course. Of, of the game on Saturday. That should be an interesting chess match to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bears do with McMorris, who is way more athletic than a 290-pound uh, football player should be, as evidenced by all the different roles that he plays for Cal offensively. But I'm looking forward to, to seeing the chess match between how Cal uses McMorris and how Stanford tries to, to negate his influence on the game. Bottom line is this. For the first time in a long time, I have no idea who's going to win this game. Yes, I know I said earlier that I don't know how Cal is going to score, and I don't know if Cal can defensively keep up the pace it's been on for the past few weeks. I realize I said all those things, but all of those things being said, It's big game, and it's in Berkeley. Weird things happen when big game is played in Berkeley. On paper, this probably shouldn't be that much of a contest. On paper, Stanford clearly the more talented team than the Bears. On paper. But big games in Berkeley often prove that that on paper, is where you train your dog to go. Cal so well coached, both sides of the ball, and Cal feeling it a little bit coming into this big game. I would love to say that Stanford wins this one going away. I can't. I can't. And I've I've, I've felt this way for, for 51 and a half weeks, but Stanford is Stanford's streak is in as much jeopardy against Cal as it's ever been. This is gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be hard fought. And while I think Stanford has a blueprint to a decisive win over the Bears, at the very least, a comfortable win over the Bears. I'm not quite convinced that's how it's going to play out, <laughs> then again, I felt this way last week too, and look how that turned out so maybe it's maybe it's me just being just being a worry wart and just overthinking things. Maybe that's part of it I don't know man i don't know this is this is going to be a big game that I suspect. We're going to be talking about for a while. Hopefully it's in the positive. And I'm looking forward to being at big game in person. I I followed Stanford football for 26 seasons, but this is only my 17th big game in person. Looking forward to being in the building and looking forward to being in the Stanford locker room after it's all said and done. The next tree cast will come your way. And we'll bring you inside the Stanford locker room with interviews and thoughts and analysis uh, from the Stanford perspective after the 121st big game. Posting schedule for next week might be a little bit funky because of the holiday coming up. I can't wait till Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday of the year. Uh, So posting schedule might be a little bit funky from that standpoint. And because I'm on soccer duty for the Pac-12 Network on Saturday as well. Or on Sunday, I should say, as well. So, next TreeCast, don't be surprised if it doesn't come your way until Monday morning. Don't be that surprised. And we'll try to squeeze in another tree cast uh, before the Thanksgiving holiday, as well as we get you set for the Stanford regular season finale. But overall, right now, it's all about big game. Looking forward to it. Thanks to you for joining us. Don't forget, uh, at Troy Clarity on Twitter, follow me there. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you next time. Don't drink and drive if you do. You're the dumbest person on the planet. Check you out next time. And beat Cal. I can say that. This is a Stanford show. I'm not wearing my Pac-12 network hat for this one. <laughs> Have a great weekend. We'll talk again next time. on am the TreeCast with Troy Clarity.